figure out what your goals are and then what are you going to do to get there? Who can help you on the way? Sometimes it's hard to set goals without support from someone. Right. So hopefully you're getting support from whether it's a family member, a significant other, a friend. It's important to find that person that supports you. Have them help to hold you accountable also. And then if you need like an outside source, like a maybe a coach or someone, yeah. a mindset coach, running a strength coach, a business coach, anything, you know, if that's going to help you go for it and you got see it. what happens. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to the Performance Mindset Podcast. And I'm your host, Amy Calandrino, CEO of Beyond Commercial. After a decade of providing expert commercial real estate advice and consultation to the business owners and investors I serve, I wanted to share some of the most inspiring and influential leaders I've met along the way. The goal of this podcast is to share valuable insights from these impactful individuals, as well as business and commercial real estate trends. If you want to grow, you're tuning in to the right show. Hello, it's Amy Calandrino here and coming to you with the latest Performance Mindset Podcast. As you know, the podcast exists to introduce you to some of the top inspirational, influential leaders that I've met along the way doing commercial real estate for business owners and for investors. So today I got Erica White with me and she's with Exclusive Endurance and she works with all levels of athletes from elite athletes and all the way to those that are just getting started along their way. Right. Thanks, Amy. Thanks so much for having me on here. And, you know, you've been doing this for a number of years and we want to talk about your journey and, and especially you've had to maintain such a performance mindset to succeed. And so I thought it'd be awesome to have you here. So thanks, Amy. So let's go ahead and I'm kind of look here. So maybe everybody gets to see me, but and from time to time, look over at Erica, but let's start from the beginning. How did you decide to start Exclusive Endurance? Oh my gosh. Well, I've always wanted to have my own business and I wasn't sure in what capacity I thought I wanted to own a gym. So I even shadowed my friends who own gyms and stuff. And then um, I worked as a teacher and I kind of like craved time freedom and I wanted to be able to have like unlimited potential, you know, and definitely do something involving coaching because I was already coaching high school. So actually I was applying for jobs at the time and I met my coach and I found out that he was a full-time coach. And I was like, wow, that's so cool. You do that full-time. Cause I had already coached like maybe five to seven athletes on the side who just asked me to coach them. And so like, I just gave them a really good price. I'm like, Oh, I don't know what to, you know, and, but I knew how to coach them. So I was like, okay, well, I already have a couple athletes. Yeah. Let me see, put out like a Instagram post and see if I can get some more. So I put one out like saying that I'm looking for new clients. Uh, if anyone's looking to up their running game, or they want to get <laughs> faster, or they want to even start running to give me a holler. And I had like seven new clients in a week. And I was like, oh my gosh, this could maybe be something. And I was really excited. And then I remember I got, well, it's a whole nother story about that. But when I finally got to the point where I could pay my bills with my coaching income, I was like, all right, this could be something. Then I just continued to build from there. Yeah. And you've systematized and we'll talk a little bit about that and, you know, how she's built her business and systematized it at different like levels and talk a little bit more about the business along the way. But like, let's talk about, because you train as an athlete, right? Mm-hmm. So you, what, what differentiates you is you're constantly competing, mm-hmm. but then you're also having to coach your client mm-hmm. and all that. What's your typical day look like? <laughs> yeah, well, it really, it's kind of like every Monday is my off running day. So that's like my big work day, my big training plan day, where I kind of go through like all the training plans in detail. 
and I'm able to like map out some of my athletes training plans for the entire week. Some of them for a couple of days, depends on, you know, where they're at. So that's like my big work day. And then like, I'm continuing to work throughout the week, but, um, I would say like I'm sitting down for like six to eight hours, maybe even more, but I'll try to take breaks in between. And then on Tuesdays, usually I have like my easy run and then I'll come back. I might have some meetings, like yeah. new potential clients. Mm-hmm. I might, you know, I'm, I'm working on some plans that I didn't get to finish for Monday, communicating with athletes. That, that kind of happens all week. Cause I usually, depending on what level plan I have them on, I try to check in with them like at least once or oh. twice or even more times a week. Yeah. So I'm checking in throughout the day. I try not to do too much at night, but like, I'm so dedicated to my athletes that like, when I get a message from them, I'm like, message them back right away. So that's <laughs> like hard having that, that work-life balance, I guess sometimes. Yeah. Cause things pop up. Exactly. Like, like you know, yeah, I'm that, sorry. I have a, I have a hairline fracture on my toe. And that's important. I'm like, if you get injured, you tell me right away. If something's not right, like, let me know. Cause I can stop my life for that. But yeah, no, it gets you into a really good foot and ankle doctor or whatever it requires. That's true. Locally, so Thankfully, I'm thankful to have good resources in right. this area. So if I, you know, coach athletes from all over the nation and yeah. even some I've coached in other countries, if I have an athlete that lives in Orlando, who most of my clients do live in Orlando area. They have an issue. Like Amy's one of my athletes. I coach her and we do personal training and running coaching. And she has issue going on with her foot. I'm like, well, let's not even mess around with this. We're going to call Dr. Gideon. And he's amazing. He got you right in. Yeah. Like he didn't even need to message me back. He just called her right away. And yeah. They hooked it up. I had tendonitis to begin with. And then, then, then on, I just like, I had a hairline fracture now to my toe, which has nothing to do with running. I just was trying to run to take care of my little babies. And I juggling a lot. Yeah. So and and, uh, I told them, do they have frequent flyer discounts now? Oh my gosh. Because <laughs> you're like a regular the foot doctor, but. Luckily, yeah. he can help you out <laughs> right. to get you better faster. And that's always the goal. And so you do some stuff at night. You try not to. And then like Wednesday, Thursdays, you have runs. Yeah, every Thursday I have on. Um, it's open for everyone. It's like um, it's like an offset of my business. So it's called Tap It and Run. Yeah. It's welcome to everyone, all levels. You don't have to be an exclusive endurance athlete, yeah. but you can be. And it's cool because it gives you know new runners a chance to learn about running. I've had some people come in just because they want to make friends. And then they end up running half marathon like months later. It's it's wow. amazing. We do have some athletes like that. Like they're run walking maybe in the beginning and the next thing you know, they're leading the group. It's really exciting to see. Yeah. Every Thursday, 6 p.m. in downtown Orlando, Thornton Park. You've also done different small businesses just depending on, but right now, where, where are you having those right now? Oh yeah. So every Thursday, <laughs> usually it's either at Cabos in downtown Orlando, Cabos Bar and Kitchen, or it's at uh, Anthony's Thornton Park. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we'll like mix up and go different places, but usually in about the same area. And then probably Saturdays you have races. Saturdays, yeah. If there's not a race, um, usually we'll try to get athletes together to, you know, go for long runs. We're all different levels sometimes. So like there's some of my athletes that I love coaching people and helping them get faster than me. Like, especially with the guys, like, Mm -hmm. like, all right, start with me. They might be a little behind or with me and then I'll coach them to be faster. And then we can actually push each other, which is really cool. And then, yeah, so Sometimes we'll pop events on the weekends yeah. too. Maybe like running and yoga we've done many times. We even do running pub crawls. So that attracts like, you know, maybe the the party people. And then we'll have like our, sometimes our Thursday run, we even did like a track workout one day. So usually just an easy run and that attracted more of the competitive people. So we kind of like to attract as many people as possible. Yeah. Great thing about running is like everyone has a different goal, but we can all come together, even if it's just for the warm up and cool down. Yeah. Or beer. True. <laughs> or if you don't drink kombucha. Kombucha. Yeah. 
So what do you think sets you apart from others? Because there's like, yeah. it seems like everybody's a coach nowadays. They're all, they say they're coaches. a coach, but like, you yeah. know, but you having worked with you, you definitely have like a, a, a unique skill set. And I think all you're like our practitioner, but what else do you think yeah. that differentiates you? There's a couple different <laughs> things, but I think one first of all, would be like the personal touch. Like when I coach somebody, I'm like invested in them. Right. And I want to make sure that they're not just running, but they're like doing all the things outside of running that are going to make them a better runner. Cause yes. that's really like a big part of it. And also mentally, like I'm there to motivate them, to push them, challenge them, but also to hold them back. And um, some athletes or some coaches, it depends, like everyone has their own style. And, you know, some people just like to give a plan and I can do that if, if people want, I never used to do it. And now I kind of got a little more into it because some people just want a training plan. But if I'm, I'm more about like the actual coaching, like holding them accountable, changing it if I need to for them, like if it's too easy, if it's too hard, if they're not feeling that great, at least I know how they're feeling so I can adjust it because you can't always, things aren't always going to go according to plan. That's why I usually only map out like one week at a time normally. Um, but then I do have an option of a cool option where I can map it out a one month at a time. If someone's on that plan and they have an injury or something and they still need to tell me right away. So I make sure like I design it to where there's yeah. still a personal touch for everyone, depending on, you know, what they need, what they want. Personal touch is one. And then another is that I have fun with it. So uh, <laughs> I'm serious and the workouts are hard, Yes, but I always like to have fun. So that's why we have our fun run to yes. kind of like bring the fun into it. And also if you're not enjoying it, it's not gonna, it's just not worth it. So you have to really enjoy it. And running is tough in the beginning. And, you know, if you're coming back from an injury or a setback, or like you're just upping your, you're trying to build mileage, it's hard. So I try to keep it fun and light. And then, yeah, I guess that would be the main thing, personal touch and keeping it fun. And also just, just making sure that I'm like really communicating with the athletes uh -huh. and seeing what they, what works well, what doesn't work. I might want someone to run like six or seven days a week not seven, six, usually five, but if they want to work, do four, if that works best for them or three, or if they have a time crunch, like I got to make it work with their life too. Yeah. So it's not about what I want. It's really about what the athlete wants. Well, you don't want to break someone too. Like they yeah. just can't fit something in. They can't. True. Like, and you want, it's more about like making progress. Yeah. And I always tell people less is more too. Yes. Like sometimes it's cool to overload somebody <laughs> and then underload them and see what they can do. Really. If you're going to go with less or more, I would choose less. Yeah. Because then it's better to be undertrained than overtrained if you have to pick one. Yeah. And oh, actually, bonus question for like anybody, and it's not necessarily for so if you're actually watching the video and you live here in Orlando, if you message me, I will give away up to five copies of my book. If you're watching the video and you can tell us, tell us where we are. It'd be kind of funny to know if you uh really work out a lot. So that's the yeah. only hint that I will give. I yeah. still need to read your book. Oh, with the one, one book I like is uh, the who, not how is the book I'll give out. Sweet. That's who good not how, yeah. So, nice. but this is not your first business that you've had. You've had mm -hmm. other businesses. So tell us about your first entree into entrepreneurship. Oh my gosh. It's so funny. And some people might not see it as this, but I, I do. It must've been like under 10 years old. And I would set up like little lemonade stands. My brother would do it too with me. He was like three years younger than me, but he was always really, really smart. So, you know, he always tried to act like my older brother, even though he's my younger brother. So we'd set up lemonade stand. We'd make the lemonade with like, you know, lemon juice or like lemon juice, bottle, bottle of juice. We'd put water, sugar, you know, natural. Yeah. And then we just mix it up. We'd sell it for a quarter. 
And we'd just be outside in our driveway and like not too many people would drive by because we lived in the neighborhood. But then we did have a baseball field at the end of the end of the road and like people would come back from games and stuff. Mm. And sometimes they'd stop. And a lot of times they felt bad giving us just a quarter. So they'd give us a dollar. And, you know, making a couple bucks as a young child under 10 is pretty good. So we do that often. We also hosted like garage sales. Yeah. A lot of people got disappointed because it wasn't a traditional garage sale. It was just like my brother and my like old toys, but people would like them. And it was so funny. We'd sell them. I remember I sold one for like 25 cents. My brother sold the same toy for like 45 cents. And luckily they looked at both and they bought mine. (laughs) So, you know, you got a strategy. He was younger. He learned from me. So that started then when I was 12, I started babysitting. Yeah. So that was like my own business. Um, And when I think about it now, like 12 is pretty young. The parents of the kids that I babysat, neighborhood kids to start, they trusted me. And so um, some of them were like the parents of my parents, uh, work friends, coworkers. They trusted me to watch their kids. So, you know, from 12 all the way up through 18, when I was in high school, instead of having like a job where I go to and clock in and all that, I could work when I wanted to, which was nice. And I would go to pra- I would go to school, go to either soccer or track or cross country or indoor track practice. And then I would go babysit after that. So before I could drive, my mom would actually drive me from the school to the babysitting people's house, or they would pick me up. And I would usually stay there till like 9, 10 PM. Huh. And I would do that like sometimes like every day or a couple times a week. Oh my goodness. Yeah. There so was you like- made some bank. I made some money. Yeah. And I had to raise my rates too. Uh, that was a tough part learning at a young age, how to raise my rates. Like I would ask my dad for advice and, yeah. you know, and so I was new, like I had, I wanted to make money because luckily, I, fortunately I was, uh, my parents were very, raised me well. They supplied me what I needed, but there were a lot of things I wanted and they wouldn't just get me everything I want, which is smart when they're young. Yeah. So I knew if I wanted to get those things, I would have to work for them. And then working for them made me realize the value of money and the value of hard work. So learning that at a young age That's is really parenting. And it it's is. so interesting. Almost all my sitters for you, many people who watch this or listen to this know I have a couple toddlers. There's like almost like this community of parents that parent that way and don't give their kids everything. Yeah. And it's so interesting. Almost every one of my babysitters know each other within one or two degrees. And they're all part of this parenting kind of subset that have that way. Because I do Smart. think there is a lot of parenting right now where you are, you just want to give them everything, but yeah, then you want to you know, learn how to earn, earn it. And so we, we have some really great setters that that's awesome. Good deal. Yeah. yeah. I know maybe they're friends with each other. They feed off each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good to have it that way. And like, I was also fortunate. My parents gave me allowance for doing right. chores. So like, I knew I was going to set the table. I was going to do the yard work and it wasn't easy chores. Like it was like, we'd be out some weekends. We'd be out there for hours and hours, like yeah. in the lawn. And I actually hated the yard work, but I knew it was going to make me that money that was going to get me things I wanted and also things that I could save. So that's Woo-hoo. really important. They taught me how to save. So. That's important when you're a business owner too, because like, especially starting the business, you know, I had to take a pay cut to like get it going, but if I yeah. could save money, I wouldn't have been able to get through that time. So that's really important. It is really cool when you build like a really strong presence, like an expert in your field, and then you're able to really build, build upon that. So I think also part of that is having that confidence and having that mindset, yeah. which brings us to like, this is the performance mindset podcast. So I like to interview like athletes and entrepreneurs and leaders. And of course you've got like a combination of both. I Thank mean, it's like it takes a lot of courage to Me have too. a business and also be an athlete. So take us yeah. to how do you keep that, that mindset? Yeah, that's really good. And I think running has helped me with, you know, cause I've mm-hmm. been running competitively for 
since I was in middle school and that's really helped. And I've been able to like apply that into business. Sometimes I feel like I'm better at applying it with running than I am a business, but I'm working on it and getting better, but just really like setting goals, I think is the biggest thing. You're not going to be motivated every day, whether it's running or like working your business because nobody's watching over you and holding you accountable sometimes. That's why I have to have a business coach sometimes. Yeah. So you have to like make sure that you're prioritizing and that you're uh, setting a goal, setting goals. That's exactly it. I usually make like my goals for running and then I'll set my goals for business Mm -hmm. and like, I'll write them down like somewhere near my desk. I should keep it in the car too. I always recommend athletes do that. Put your goals everywhere where you can see them all the time and it'll keep you thinking about them. So then subconsciously you'll actually end up doing what you need Mm -hmm. to do to achieve them. So do it with running. I do with business. And then my problem is I meet the goal and I'm like, no, I didn't reach the goal because I should be higher. It's like, no, celebrate the little goal. And then you raise the bar and set another goals. But you do have to celebrate those little accomplishments and Mm -hmm. milestones and like setting those goals. So I think that really helps because, yeah, like I said, like even as an athlete, some days I don't want to run. I'm just like, it'd be really nice to just hang out here and just watch some Netflix or something like that. But that's not really going to get me where I need to be. And then usually once I do that run, if I didn't want to do it, I actually end up feeling a lot better when I'm finished. Yeah. And same thing with business. It's like, yeah, sometimes it's not fun, like sitting down and like, you know, strategizing a way that you can be creative or, you know, thinking about different ways and just like doing the work to get there. I think it's kind of fun, but then sometimes you don't want to do it. Once you do it and you get those results, um, then you realize like you got to be consistent with it. Awesome. Yeah. So, oh wait, how did you come up with a name for your business? Oh yeah. So um, it's funny when I was in college, my roommate used to always say exclusive. Like she'd be like, that's so exclusive. And I thought that was really cute. Um, so I started saying it a lot too. So she kind of started and I told her, I was like, you know, you kind of started the name for my business. She's like, I should get copyright on that. So yeah, so I I rolled with it and like, I kind of kept it going. And so when Instagram came about, I'm like, ooh, I have to come up with a creative name for Instagram. So I came up with Exclusive Erica back in 2014. And then uh, four years later, my business was called Run With Erica because I didn't know what to call it. And everyone's like, just call it that. I'm like, but I shouldn't listen to other people, you know? But it was good. Like Run With Erica was fine. But I just didn't want my name in the business. Yeah, because I wanted to make sure that like, you know, it's not just for girls, for guys, girls, everyone. And also like, you know, I just wanted to be something different and scale. So, yeah, exactly. Maybe even who knows? Yeah, you're true. Exclusive endurance just seemed right because I train mainly endurance athletes, some sprinters, but you have to have endurance to even sprint and then they do work, get through workouts. So, wow. and then some of my athletes I train aren't even runners. Like just, they want to get in shape, but you have to have endurance to get through a strength workout too. Yes. So exclusive <laughs> endurance just kind of flowed. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So you came up with that business and then what do, what do you think is like the most favorite thing about what you get to do? So we talked a little bit about it, but yeah. what's your favorite part? Really? I just love watching my athletes like progress and get faster yeah. and meet their goals. That's really exciting because a lot of people, they don't really know how far they can push themselves. And even with myself, I have a coach too, because a coach for strength and for uh, running, because I never knew how much weight I could lift or how fast I can actually run. So just watching them progress, helping them through the whole process. Um, also watching my athletes like have comebacks. Yeah. So like some people, like one of my athletes took 10 years off running, had kids and, you know, whole life and everything. And she decided she wanted to like get back close to where she was. So then like watching her progression from like running a 26 minute 5k, which is still pretty solid in January to like now all of a sudden she's at like in the 21s Wow! and, you know, close to where she was like 10 years before. So that's a really exciting example. Um, even coaching like 
when I coached high school, I had started my coaching business like a year after I well, actually that year that I ended coaching high school a couple yeah. months later. So then the next year I came back to watch the guys that I used to coach and running. And the one that I got into running, like he, I had to try for like three years to try to get him to do track and cross country, finally did it. And then I watched him win his district meet. And I was like, after one year of, you know, I coached him for a year and then, wow, I left. And then he's winning now. So now he's like competing, watching some of my athletes that I used to coach competing in college. It was really cool. So yeah, I think that's like one of the most rewarding things and just, you know, being able to help people, whether it's like running goals, fitness goals, or just like, you know, getting in shape and just feeling their best. You get to have an impact, you know, I think yeah. about too, like I've had, they don't have interns or different people and you watch them like develop and like their, yeah. their journeys in life. And it's so amazing. It's amazing. But, and it helps them with life too, I think. Yeah. Cause like, if you can discipline yourself to, to do the work it takes to get to reach a certain goal, you can apply that to other things like, yes. So it's really nice. Now stress has become an inevitable part of our lives through like everything that's going on. Like mm-hmm. what are your, some of your tips for, for dealing with that? Yeah. Well, that's true. And as much as we don't want to get stressed out, it happens with all of us. And if I have like a really busy stack day of like meetings on, you know, trainings and this and that, I do get a little stressed sometimes. So like going for the run before the day starts is always helpful. When I run, it it like helps me relax, clear my mind. I noticed that on days when I do hard workouts or long runs, I feel way more relaxed. Yes. So if I can like schedule my meetings around those days, that'll be really good. And then also just making sure I'm getting enough sleep. I never got enough sleep until this year. It's wild. And I feel so much better now than I have in the past. I can get away with it. You know, when you're young, you get away with not sleeping. So I think, how did you um, make yourself start sleeping more? Oh my gosh. Literally, um, I just let myself sleep in a lot to start because it's hard to get sleep earlier. And then I gradually worked on like with the time change, it helps a lot, but just getting to sleep a little bit earlier yeah. and also tracking sleep on the Garmin. That really uh, helps. Then it's like a competition with myself. I'm like, Ooh, how much sleep did I get last night? Some nights, like 10 hours now, nine 40. Now I don't have kids either. So that's helpful, but you have children. So I don't, and, and you make it all work with your business and training. And it's wild. <laughs> I'm very proud of myself. I went to bed at eight 30 last night and Ooh. aside from my daughter waking me up in the middle of the night, I slept at like six 30. So that's a secret. You have to go sleep early. Cause if you put them to sleep early, then you go sleep like right after right? Yeah. That's what I did. Oh I went to sleep right after them. I was just like, you know, I, I need some sleep. That's You're very so proud of me. I ate broccoli and zucchini last night. Ooh, go baby. It's like heaven. I love that. Put some good salt on it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm oh, all about the salt. So. Salt is good for you too. Yes. I love I that. I did the Celtic sea salt. You ever do that? That's good for you. And yeah. also Redmond's real salt. It's um, like ancient salt. Um, that's what they call it. I just recently got it. I've not had that. It has so. iodine in it too, which is really good. Oh, we'll yeah. have to do a link for it or something. <laughs> that's awesome. But yeah, stress is just, I think sleeping well. And I've been working on meditating. That's really yeah. tough, but it really does help. Like just take setting time to just like relax and just focus on breathing because I was noticing my heart rate was getting really high, like resting heart rate. And I'm like, it's usually really low as a runner, but when I meditate, it gets lower and just doing it every day, just like you do with running or with uh, working your business. Yeah. Well, let me think. What has been? Oh, you want to talk about your most important mentor? Oh, so yeah. Who's been, who's been there for you it's and helped you? Funny when you when you asked that, I was thinking about like all the business mentors I've had since I started, and you know, I, I went through like a number of different business coaches. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was very interesting, but I would have to say the one that made the most impact on me. His name is Jamie Miller, and I hope he's watching this right now. I'm gonna tell him about this podcast. Yeah, and he <laughs> is from England. 
And I met him at the gym and he sounded very interesting. And he was talking to my friend about how to do an exercise or something. And the next thing you know, I find out he's a communications coach. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so interesting. I need that. Because basically as a running coach, I'm also a salesperson in a way. Yeah. So like most people that come for running coaching, they you don't need to like talk them into it. They want a coach that's going to help them and hold them accountable. But other people like don't realize that a running coach could help them. So like in the beginning, I was kind of like, oh, how do I talk to people in the sales? How do I close a client? You know? And so he would teach me about asking questions. The Art of Conscious Communication is a book that he wrote. So I read that. And he talks about like, just if you can communicate with someone, you can basically um, convince them of anything, but like in a good way, like, you know, having a running coach is beneficial, but if I tell them it's beneficial, they may not listen. Like, oh yeah, you, that's what you yeah. say. But if you ask them questions and like, you know, find out why they want to get in shape, what their goals are, kind of listen more and ask more questions, then they end up telling you why they need a running coach. And then you're like, <laughs> oh, I've already done that before. Yeah. And I'd be happy to help you. That's, that's exactly. the same way I actually do my interviews. So you probably understand that whole thing. I understand it. It's actually yeah. very similar to Jeb Blunt. And he owns a sales company called like Sales Gravy. Oh, and he's one of the top like people. But yeah. a lot of it is just asking all the right questions instead yeah. of so many salespeople go in and they're like, oh, that's an interesting lamp over there. And they do all these like yeah. normal, like it's what just very run of mill. Yeah. Like a lot of smoothing. With yeah, people. yeah. And then like, you know, just trying to butter them up and yeah. then telling them like how important you are. But I think like what's more important is to like step back and say like, okay, what is it that you're looking for? Like, how yeah. can I help you? Because also maybe you find out actually you're not the right fit. Like somebody, sometimes some people are like, oh, I need commercial real estate help. Yeah. And then I find out they want to sell an orange growth. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't do orange growth. That's cool. But if like I, I jumped in right away, like trying to sell someone. Then, yeah. But I think, yeah, finding out what do they want? You're what do right. they need? And like, can you help them? And if you can help them, then, yeah. then it's just done. True, true. Because unfortunately, like we can't help everyone in our business. Right. Like as much as we'd like to. And I had to learn that the hard way too, because I used to want to coach everyone. But then like, yeah, through asking questions, you find out what they really want. But also, do you actually want to? to work with them. And Are sometimes they coachable? I've had to refer people out to other coaches because, you know, it just doesn't work for everyone. Yeah. Very yeah. interesting. And then is there anything that you consider your most important lesson of your career or even in like running? Oh, okay. Let's see. Most important lesson. Wow. That's a, that's a big, that's a heavy question, but I would have to say, hmm, hmm. just believe in yourself. Really? Right. That's the most important thing. And don't, Put, and this is like a big thing recently that I've been working on is to not put too much pressure on yourself. Like to just like give it light, have fun. Not everyone is as smiley as us, but if you give a good smile and just keep it, you know, <laughs> and just remember that someone's facial expression does not mean anything. Like sometimes we judge, like if we don't know someone, yeah. we look at their facial expression and they don't look happy. And then we're like, oh my gosh, we're doing something wrong. So just like, yeah, keep it light. Don't put too much pressure on yourself. Like when I used to meet a client, a potential client, I had to remember just to be myself. Cause once you like start acting like somebody else or you, you know, get too nervous or something, then it's, it's usually not good. Yep. And I used to get, I used to be shy when I was younger, which is crazy. Right. And I think that one day I just couldn't stand it anymore. And I was like, I need to talk and I need to get myself out there and make more friends. So it became the opposite of shy. So, yeah. And then it's just by having fun and you were shy. Isn't that crazy? Nobody believes it. My uh-huh. maiden name is Guy. And oh, yeah. so people used to call me Shiny Guy. Oh, <laughs> that's a little shy too, but nobody would cute. know that. Oh, you would never guess. This girl right here. 
She's amazing. So we talked about a lot today. Is there anything else that you want to talk about or share that you think would be helpful to the listeners that? Oh, yeah. Well, let's see. I would say go set big goals. Yeah. Because you never know if you can achieve them. Like, right. So usually I like to set like for running, let's say an A goal, a B goal and a C goal. So A goal is like a stretch goal. Like it'd yeah. be really awesome if I could do this, even if you don't hundred percent think you can do it. Like just set that as a goal. And your B goal is like, all right, I'm at least going to do this. And then your C goal is like, just get under this time. Usually you want to get that A goal or if you get any of them, A, B or C, it's always a win. Yeah. So that's good too. So, uh, yeah. And it's also, this is airing beginning of 2023. So what's, Mm -hmm. what are some things too, to help people in, in that goal planning process? Oh yeah. So this is like a fresh new start. It's the new year. You know, you never know what can happen, figure out what your goals are. And then what are you going to do to get there? Like, and what, who can help you on the way? Cause usually it's hard to, sometimes it's hard to set goals without support from someone. Right. So hopefully you're getting support from whether it's a family member, a significant other, a friend. It's important to find that person that supports you and, you know, have them help to hold you accountable also. And then if you need like an outside source, like a, like you need maybe a coach or someone, yeah. a mindset coach, running a strength coach, a business coach, anything, you know, that's going to help you go for it. And you got to what happens. Yeah. yeah. It's and I think important. speaking it into existence too. Like I think sometimes is important and like, and don't be afraid. Like, even if you speak it into existence, oh, yeah. yeah, then like, and you don't get to it, then yeah. who cares? Some people are afraid to tell others their goals. And you know what? You can't be afraid of failure. No, I had some goals that I've had for years. Since 2010, I wanted to qualify for the Olympic trials marathon. It took me nine years, but I got it. Well, really probably four or five years of actually trying. But in that time period, I was like, oh, should I, is this worth it? It's a lot of work yeah. for, for what? But I think starting my business actually helped me push closer towards that goal because I want to be more credible. Yeah. So like knowing that if I qualified, I'd be, it'd set my, one of my dream goals, but I'd also, you know, be more accomplished. So maybe more people would want to work with me as an athlete. So yeah, just like finding your why that's really important. Yeah. Like you have your kids. It's like, you want to be successful to help them and, you know, help help and give them opportunities and show them what's possible too, which is really cool. It is. I, and then just like my, because I think of me and my family and us trying to build like our legacy and like our wealth. And I want to see the same thing for other business owners that, you know, wherever they are to, to really succeed. And so it's been, it's awesome. And then I get to connect with people like Eric's like, you know, my mindset to business is that you have to, you have to have some balance and it can't just be work, 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 work. And so you got to be healthy too. Yeah. That's why like taking that pressure off will help too. And like, I'm actually helping one of my athletes with um, like a trunk show the day before my half marathon. And I was really nervous to say yes to it because like usually the day before my race, I'm like getting everything ready and like going wild, running around my room, trying to make sure everything's set out. But I'm like, this is actually going to be good for me because it'll, I'll get everything ready way before I need to. And then I can enjoy the show and it'll be like a nice uh-huh. diversion. So I'm not just thinking about the race. So yeah, just finding, finding diversions and yeah, balance is that so way important. you stop focusing on it and you don't stress out. Exactly. So. Yeah. And then when it's game time, you can focus even better. Yeah. Channel your focus into the game or the race or whatever you're doing. Channel it. <laughs> <laughs> so how do people get a hold of you? Oh yeah. So if you want to get a hold of me, it depends on if you're like a social media person, you can follow me on Instagram at, at exclusive Erica two E's. And then if you're like LinkedIn, Erica Whites, W-E-I-T-Z, email, it's Erica at exclusive-endurance.com. Yep. Yeah. I'm not going to get my phone number here, but you can. Yeah. Yeah. You can, uh, yeah. You can sh- 
Uh, we can look can it all up. Yes, or, yes. Yeah, Facebook, Erica White's in parentheses, Erica. Yes. It's not oh, run. air. Oh, yeah, I like isn't that. That's that awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Well, thank you to everybody who listened. Be sure to follow us, like, subscribe, all the different things. And then don't forget, if you are watching the video and you live in Orlando, I'd just be curious who who contacts me and lets me know if they know where we're at. Because I, I didn't try to hide it. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Well, thanks, Amy. Yeah. And actually, we are going to get to training now. Work out. All right. Have an amazing day. Bye.